Welcome to the Woe Podcast about horses and horsemanship. I'm John Hare, and you found the place where we talk horses. On the last episode of the podcast, we talked about horse health and nutrition. Today, we're going to talk a little bit about rider health. Now, one thing you may not know about me is that back in the late 1990s, early 2000s, I was really into yoga. I was taking a couple of yoga classes a week, and my yoga instructor was going to open up a new studio. She asked me if I wanted to teach yoga. So for the next couple of years, I learned the different poses and learned how to set up structures and routines and was a yoga instructor. I was getting into horses about that time and I noticed the similarity between horseback riding and yoga. Gabrielle Diacon is a yoga instructor in New Jersey and we wanted to talk about the more modern aspects of yoga. Welcome to the show, Gabrielle. Thank you so much for having me. And that's actually, that's an incredible story. What a small world. I've kind of fallen away from the, my daily yoga practice over the years as I got into other exercise programs. But each morning I start with a 10 or 15 minute little routine that I do that essentially it helps my back and my hips. Now you have a regular program. I've noticed that on your website, you do a lot of videos for not only horse training, but also for yoga. What was your journey in connecting horses with yoga? So I actually started off always riding my whole life. I was I was a very, very timid junior rider. I remember I just, I would go in the ring, especially in horse shows, and I would completely forget the courses or really just how to ride in general. So I struggled with that for a very long time, but my passion for the horses really took over. I mean, I just, I, I think it's something that's in your blood. So I kept at it, kept at it. And eventually I actually became a professional rider, but still struggling with nerves, but just learned how to handle them. And it became a bit of a passion of mine because I wanted to learn how the brain worked. And also I started to attract very timid students as well, just because I, I'm not a yeller. I find, I think I'm pretty patient. So it just became something that I was constantly surrounded by. And then I found yoga for more personal reasons and just started to notice the, the drastic improvement in my riding and also my ability to forgive myself and the horse. So I found myself to be much more patient rider, which I thought I was already, but it completely changed it. I found that my physical ability drastically improved as well as my training of my horses improved because I found that I was never in any rush, you know, this idea that set goals, but also don't become too attached to them. Right. So I would start putting horses, I feel like in the classes that was more appropriate for them and my horses, especially I saw just incredible things from a big thing too, is I started riding in front of, you know, different trainers and one trainer commented and she said that my concentration forward, which I love that, that phrase and that expression, that's Lynn Palm. My concentration forward was something that was very difficult to teach, but she was just, you know, really impressed by. And I was thinking about it and I wonder what, what it is that I'm doing. And I realized it was the yoga. For our audience, what does that term mean, concentration forward? Concentration forward, she was talking about the way that I was looking forward, 
you know, a lot of us have a tendency to kind of stare at the horse and then we kind of our shoulders round and we start to micromanage, which mm -hmm. is still I'm micromanaging is I feel like forever something I will struggle with. That is why yoga helps me so much. So my eyes were forward and I was constantly thinking about the next thing to come. So if we had a circle, I wasn't rushing it. I was looking forward and I was thinking about where I was going to go. And I had a lot of patience with this one specific horse. And it really made me realize that the yoga was pretty much responsible for all of the improvements in my riding. So I decided that I really wanted to create a program where I could connect all of these principles into the saddle for riders, because I feel like we do a lot of things outside of the saddle that are great for our health and our wellness. And then the second we get into the saddle, I find that a lot of students don't connect the dots. It's like they become a different person in the saddle. Right. You know, it's like we have to reteach everything we've learned since childhood, like breathing, which, you know, it's so funny, but it's, it's so accurate. It's such a different space that people get into. So I really love to just draw the parallels right from the beginning. Yeah, you mentioned breathing, and a lot of times people get into, especially a show situation, and I know it happens to me, I'll have to actually physically tell my body, you know, keep breathing. It's you, You're holding your breath, and your horse doesn't quite understand that tension that you've got on. Exactly, right, because they, they're just somewhere new, and they're like, should I be nervous? And then, yeah, you know... Right. We stop breathing. They're like, okay, I should definitely be nervous. I kind of look at, at yoga, and you can add some of these things too, but there's kind of three different aspects that I think are really important. One is the balance, strength, and flexibility that yoga gives you, the mindfulness, and then the third aspect is breathing. As I get older, I find that the balance, strength, and flexibility are really kind of on the top of my list. It helps my horse stay in balance when I'm in balance. Uh, if I have the strength in my cues, in the, my legs and my hands, then that helps. And if I have the flexibility, I'm much easier on my horse. What do you feel about that? Absolutely. So I'm actually so glad you said that. So the one thing that really stuck out to me that I focus on, well, first, I actually wrote um, a whole chapter in my book about it is riding for longevity, right? So we think about what we're doing today and how we're riding today. But I feel like most of us are so horse passionate. We want to do this for a long, long time to come. Right. So when you really take care of your body, you're able to do that, right? And also a big thing at, at any age is if you're flexible and you're fit and you're healthy, if you do fall, which it happens, recovery is a lot easier. Mm -hmm. But the biggest thing that you said that I really love is your cueing and your aids. That is one thing that I touch on every day, day in and day out, right? Because when we're riding, I find that a lot of times our body awareness can be a little, you know, we have another moving animal underneath us. Like it's, it's hard. What we do is very, very difficult. It is of course, you know, our center balance might be one second, a little bit leaned into our left hand and our left rib cage might collapse a little bit. But then the second we do that, our horses are so sensitive to us that they're like, I know I'm supposed to be listening to cues, but they moved a little bit here. Listen to that, Or should I listen to what they said earlier? You know, so it's so important. Serious 
serious clarity in our cues um, and really increasing our core work, which is huge, makes a huge difference in being able to control them and make sure that my big thing, like I said, is to not micromanage. So if we stay very still and very centered, it gives our horses a moment to kind of pick up on what we want from them. So a big, I love to use the analogy, it's like if you're driving in the car and you have your passenger that's supposed to be giving you instructions and they're extremely nervous, they're on their phone, they're not really paying attention to us and they say, stop, no, go, turn left, do this. You're going to get extremely frustrated as as the driver and you're probably going to pick a different passenger next time. So unfortunately, our horses can't pick a different passenger, but they can start to tune us out or develop naughty behaviors, which we hope that, you know, for the saintly, saintly horses, they just start to kind of ignore us and say, eh, they kind of, they move that leg around a lot. Maybe I'll just wait till they really mean it. What things you teach in your yoga practice that helps build that mindfulness? Is it a system? Is it a series of poses? Is it just the practice itself? I think it is definitely the practice itself. I love for my students to take it out into their life and practice wherever they can. You know, that that mindset is always with us, you know, when you're grooming your horse, breathing, making sure that you're present. I pick a presence ritual before you get on. The outside world is done. I'm here with my horse is the second I zip up my boots. It just always has been. It's something that just carries with me. I feel like I become very focused once my boots are zipped up. So I always have my students pick something that kind of, it's like rolling out the yoga mat. That is when they're fully present. And this is their time to say, okay, I'm going to breathe. I'm going to be kind to myself, but I'm also going to be present, right? And some days it's not going to happen. But for the most part, I really do love those present visuals. I've seen a huge huge difference my riders but also learning how to breathe and connect the breath to the movement throughout all of the yoga practices we focus on a lot so if you're doing a really difficult plank you're still making sure that you're breathing and then slowly but surely these opportunities of difficulty become great times to practice being present and then all of a sudden when you're in the saddle and something really tough is happening your body is kind of preset to go, okay, when I'm stressed, I breathe. So it's building these habits outside of the saddle that really, really changes the ride. Wow. Yeah, that's great. I I had one yoga instructor who we would go into different poses. He was teaching us to to do the pose that offends you the most, because if that, (laughs) if you could get through that challenging pose, then other things that came up weren't going to be as big a, a challenge. And then you start looking for difficulty. Oh, hey, that's going to be a problem over there. Let me go tackle that then, right now. Yes, it is. It's really, it's just incredible to see the change in even personality. Like I know myself just outside of the saddle and everything, I'm able to sit, be quiet, and think about my reaction much slower. Which mm-hmm. <laughs> before, I feel like I was a little bit quick to just you know, I'd react or I'd say something and I mean, never anything mean, but I would say things I'd be like, oh, well, actually, maybe that's a plan that I need to tweak. But instead, you get to take your time. It, it just makes drastic, drastic differences. Many times when I was teaching yoga, new clients were always kind of worried that yoga was a religious practice. 
And I'd explain to them that perhaps in India, it might be part of a religious practice, but it's really can be whatever you want it to be. It can be just a physical exercise program and kind of a connection with your mind, like you were saying. Does that make sense to you? Uh, absolutely, yes. Do you find resistance there sometimes? Sometimes. I feel like, honestly, there has been a huge, it's almost trending, I want to say. You know, I hate to use that word, but this idea of connecting the mind and body. So I feel like people are kind of coming around to the idea of exactly what you're saying. It's not a religious practice. It's just interesting to see what happens when you connect the mind and body and you can take it as far as you'd like, or you can take it, you know, you can take a yoga class at the gym and it will still help benefit your riding. Um, So I could not agree more with that sentiment. And I think another thing too, that I see the most resistance in from beginners is they are intimidated by the practice. Yes. So they find, they see these things on Instagram where, you know, it crazy pretzels and twists and turns and things that I don't even, you know, something I'm like, I don't even, I, I don't think that's a human body, you know? So <laughs> it's so funny. And I get, I think that's a huge one that I deal with and at any age you can do yoga. It's not necessarily the same physical thing. It is, is mental. You can do as much as you'd like and you can leave as much as you'd like. So if something doesn't feel right with the body, that's fine. I mean, yoga can be 10 minutes of sitting on your mat and breathing, or it can be a full hour power class. Right. So I think that definitely finding the right instructor. I always tell my students, you know, that aren't close enough or in other states that I've gone to do clinics, make sure that you just, it's like finding the right horse instructor. You have to find somebody that kind of sees eye to eye with you. They have similar worldviews, you know, and they also are very understanding and they make it fun for you. Right. I mean, we do so many serious things day in and day out, something that can be fun. It can just be a fun way to move your body and also improve your riding skills. So I think that's super important to go into it with a mindset of if if this instructor makes me feel, you know, not a hundred percent amazing and welcome, then I'll find a different one. Right. When I started yoga, I was, I think I was real close to 50. And so I was I was looking at my body being less flexible and I really wanted to kind of improve that. Other than that, I really wasn't looking for much other than that out of yoga. And stretching, maybe a way to make stretching a little bit more interesting because quite frankly, I just hate stretching exercises. <laughs> but when the, that first, I remember that first class and probably for the first six months that I practiced going to beginner classes, and I'd look over to the person next to me or a couple of mats away and I'd see them doing down dog and their back was perfectly flat and their heels were on the ground and I'm kind of hunched over like a you know like a camel trying to stretch my arms and trying to hope my heels touch the ground which they're not you know and I had a very good instructor who said just do what you can today. It may not be the same mm-hmm. as tomorrow. It may be a little bit more tomorrow. You never know. But just try and stay within your physical capabilities. And I think that that was the connection between the physical part and the mindfulness part is that now I had 
to pay attention. It wasn't just doing 50 push-ups and then trying to get to, to, to the number 50 no matter what. It was having to listen to my body and then take that feedback and apply it to my practice of yoga. That was basically my experience. And there are so many different styles of yoga out there now. If people are trying to, to decide whether they want to do something like a yoga program, where's, where's the best place for them to start? I mean, right now, everything's so difficult. There definitely are videos abundantly. I think that one of the best things I've found from quarantine mm-hmm. is that teachers are being so kind about sharing really quality classes online. Right. There, there are some on my website, but everywhere. Like I said, even just online, find a presence that makes you giggle or, you know, if you don't want to giggle and you want to be more serious, find somebody that, that tailors that to you. So, I mean, honestly, YouTube right now is, I think, the best yoga studio around. <laughs> From there, I just, word of mouth is really important to me. I always look up, you know, I ask my friends if they have any yoga studios they really like, or you can go online and find highly rated yoga studios that will be more tailored. And I feel like there will always be comments on how they are with the beginner community. Definitely just finding people that'll make you stick with it. And also people that are very focused on alignment though. I cannot stress that enough Mm -hmm. because what does that mean? Alignment. You want to find a teacher that's constantly reminding you of body cues that will protect like your back. That's like when riders start to ride properly and they sit up, their lower back starts to hurt, but that doesn't actually need to happen. You know, it's just because a lot of the times just a quick side note, but a lot of the times our hamstrings and our hip flexors are very tight. Mm-hmm. So our core actually cannot engage. So you can do all the sit-ups in the world, but then when you get in the saddle, if you're tight, you actually can physically not engage your core. Right. I don't know why I'm such a yoga nerd, but that I found fascinating. <laughs> and it's really like you will feel a huge difference if you start to sit up properly with flexible hip flexors. You're like, wow, is that what my core feels like? It's it's really fun. So a teacher that's constantly kind of saying, remember to engage your core or make sure that your elbows are, you know, slightly inwards. Anything that's just kind of cueing you to a healthier spot in the position. Right. And offering variations. That's super important too. And yoga, it's you don't want to, like you said, we all have that competitive edge. You know, we see the person on the screen who's probably been stretching for t- two hours before they, what they even put up. And they're in this perfect position and you're maybe just waking up in the morning and you're like, why would I do that? And then, you know, you pull your back out or you end up more injured than when you came in. Right. Definitely making sure that you have an educated teacher. That's not kind of throwing you into positions that maybe are a little bit too advanced or not necessarily advanced, but just not fitting with your body that day. Exactly how you said it earlier. Right. And I found that usually the first five or 10 minutes, you can tell from a teacher whether they're helping you along in the practice or if they're pushing you too hard or if they're more placing more attention on the more advanced students and you kind of feel like you're being left behind. It's probably time to to check out somebody else. One of the things I really liked on your website was the uh, five minute hip opener for equestrians because I thought as I get older, my hips just really don't want to open up as much. And what you mentioned about the core not being able to be engaged, I had never put that together. So I really think that's a a really good place to start. And that's a very simple routine for the most part. 
Yes, that one, I love to recommend doing that, you know, just an hour before you ride or when you're at home and you have the access to the ground because it is, it's, like you said, five minutes. And it definitely does drastically improve. Just your, your hips get so tight, especially as riders, which is ironic because we need them to be very loose and very flexible. But we actually, it, the opposite happens after years and years of riding. If we don't pay close enough attention to it, it's almost like, you know, a running routine. Runners stretch before they run. Right. You know? Exactly. Are, are there any other parts of the body to focus on in yoga besides the hips? Besides just the overall strength of the core, which is something, I mean, I will talk about day in and day out because we know how important our core is when we ride. I think that the most underrated spot to focus on is the shoulders because I find that from working in the office all day or you know doing anything or if you're a horse trainer we tend to get in that habit of like I said earlier you start to stare at the horse stare at the horse stare at the horse until like you feel like you're about to become one with it so I think that making sure that you do proper shoulder openers really helps personally I find that it improves confidence because if it's just kind of like when those power poses were really big and you know, everyone's talking about power pose, right. power pose, but there's actually, there is a lot of scientific research behind the way that you sit and the way that you stand and the way it communicates with your brain. So I think that the shoulder openers are extremely beneficial. And I always tell my students too, if you don't have a lot of time to stretch and you just need a quick, just one pose before you get in the saddle, I really recommend forward folds, not necessarily for what they're doing physically for you in the ride but forward fold are one of the most relaxing poses anytime your head is below your heart your nervous mm -hmm. system like completely restarts so i recommend doing a forward fold and breathing and making sure you exhale very very deeply it's funny enough that i actually was in a yoga studio and had never heard of this breath before i'd already been teaching and they said okay now we're gonna do a horse breath together and I was like, I don't care what this breath is. I am now using it for my students. Like, I don't, I don't care how weird it is, but it's it is essentially just a horse sneeze. You know, it's like what we always mimic the, I can't even mimic it over the speaker, but um, where you blow oh, out through your mouth. But um, I, oh, I can't do it right now. So yeah, that, there you go. Thank you. Oh my goodness. I, I, I teach it every day. Sometimes it just doesn't come. <laughs> so funny. My students do laugh at me because it's like a serious thing. They're like, haven't you been doing this since you're a child? And I'm like, I, I don't know. <laughs> just, sometimes it just doesn't work. So if you do that, and of course you don't have to do that as loudly, you know, if you're at a horse show, right. just any sort of exaggerated exhale will completely transform the way that you sit in the saddle and will kind of get your mind a little bit more present. We've talked about the mindfulness and the flexibility part. Is breathing part of the whole yoga session, or do you work on that specifically during some of your exercises? Typically, how I start my whole yoga class is I always start my students with a breathing exercise. Just like in horseback riding, it's kind of whatever your teacher is working on at the time is what they're you know focus on, think will fix the whole entire world you know they're like this exercise this pole exercise and so we kind of get hung up on some things but really any breathing exercise is what I like to start with in the very beginning of the class so that way you start to connect to the breath so I have a video on alternate nostril breathing which I find to be the one especially for beginners that 
almost forces them to connect to their breath because you really can't be doing anything else while you're doing it. Your hands are on your nose and you have to alternate the nostrils that are open and it's, it really gets you focused. So I do love that breathing technique. And there's a couple of photos too, as well of me holding my, my students' horses and I'll have them do that while they're in their saddle. And I will physically watch their legs drop and their shoulders drop. And so that's, that is a big one. But if you don't have time or anyone to hold your horse for, you know, really big breathing session, what I'll do is you just take a few deep breaths. And then as you're riding, you make sure to keep taking a few deep breaths and just do little checks with yourself and exhale maybe through the, you know, if you post or if you're doing sitting trot, maybe exhale and sit deeper in the saddle or exhale for a half halt or exhale for a halt and start to connect like how we do in yoga where we'll inhale our hands up exhale, forward fold. You know, you start to connect the movement with the breath in the saddle as well. So I'll actually do seated cat cows while my riders ride. Mm -hmm. And I'll have them inhale and bring their shoulders back and arch their back. And then they'll exhale and they're around their spine and they'll push their spines back. And really just anything to get the movement connected to the breath. It will help drastically improve their concentration, their memory, and any nerves. And the most interesting part that I see is the reactions I see from the horses. It's, I mean, there'll be lesson horses in the ring that usually aren't the most affectionate. You know, you lesson horses gather just like, okay, I'm here. I'm a good boy, but can you please get on with it? But they will gravitate towards it. They come over, they have their noses on my students' shoulders. They're, they're curious about what's happening. And then in the saddle too, they're, you know, constantly taking deeper exhales. And I find that their exhales are timed pretty perfectly with my students' exhales. So it really is just a fun experiment to kind of see how in tune your horse is with your breath. You start building that connection. Oh, absolutely. I got to tell you that when you were giving all those instructions about shoulders back and sitting straight, I I was actually doing that in my office chair here. I don't know if any of the listeners were doing that, but (laughs) I found myself taking a deep breath doing the whole going through the whole thing that's fine I actually do I offer desk sequences too because we always are at our desk and we don't even notice like oh gosh so it's so funny I do that all the time well thanks this has been very interesting Gabrielle really learned a lot about yoga and yoga for equestrians if people want to find out more where can we send them so if you go to gmdtraining.com that is where a lot of my videos are posted. You have contact forms if you want a personalized video. I offer personal trainings on through there. And then as well, I'm on Instagram and Facebook as GMD Training. Great. I'll put all those links in the show notes at wopodcast.com so people can find them. Awesome. And I'm always open to questions or anything like that over Instagram, Facebook, what you ha- would have it. My email is on my website. I love when people reach out with just a simple question or feedback. I'm always open to it and love to answer. That's awesome. Thanks for joining us on the show today. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me. I truly enjoyed that. That'll do it for another episode. Thanks to Gabrielle Diacon of GMD Training for sharing her expertise on yoga for horseback riders. You'll find all the links for Gabrielle at woepodcast.com. As I mentioned in the last show, my production schedule is a bit in flux. When I run across an informative guest or interesting story, 
I'll get it out quickly. Sadly, it won't be on a regular schedule. The best way to know when I release an episode is by subscribing on whatever service you find our podcast. It's all free. Wopodcast.com is the place you can find every episode. There are well over 200 in the library now. You can, of course, always find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, and Spotify. If you have an idea for a show or want to share something about your horse, I would love to hear it. My email is john at wopodcast.com or connect with me on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram under the name Podcast. Post a few photos of how you have fun with your horse. Thanks again for listening and sharing the podcast. Please stay safe and healthy. So until next time, for Renee, this is John Hare saying, go have some fun with your horses. Bye-bye, everybody.